0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Radio. This is your host, Nick Pollock, and it has been a while. I don't even know the last time I hosted a podcast. And not only am I happy to be back in this podcasting role, but I'm especially happy to be back with my wonderful friend, Matthew Filipovitz. How you doing, Matt?
1: It, uh, it's not been that long since you heard my dulcet tones, um, because I am very free this week, so that's always exciting. <laughs>
0: It's, you know, it's been so long since we've done this that I actually just had a brief panic moment in my mind about whether or not I was going to say your last name correctly. That's how long it's been.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably since you and I have done one at least a year or coming up on a year since like with the Big Ten resumed, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was a yeah, fun the, whole,
0: the whole COVID thing really, it really, like obviously it sucked the air out of the season, but that combined with Penn State's Poor starless. It really just it kind of sucked the air out of our our activity and attentiveness level. But we're back. We're back full force now. We're ready. Twenty twenty one is gonna gonna be a big year.
1: I'm excited. It's our year. Yeah, we're the gonna have a. Here. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if it's Penn State's year, but it's gonna be a big year for the blog.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Huge year for the blog. Um, and we're gonna have a whole bunch more preview content coming up here. If you've been following along on the site, we've already posted our season previews. Uh, we've started going through the Penn State schedule, so we've already gone through Wisconsin, Ball State, Auburn, Villanova. Uh, we've also gone through Indiana and at least one or two other Big Ten teams by the time this podcast is posted. Um, and we're gonna have a bunch more of that. We're gonna have a few more podcasts previewing the season as well. We'll get into our positional previews both on the podcast and on the site. But today, given that fall camp has listen, when does fall camp? Did it fall camp start?
1: We're recording on August 5th. Fall camp opens tomorrow, August 6th.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So with fall camp opening, we've touched on the site a little bit about some um, important position battles, but we're going to do something a little different today. We're not just going to go through uh, each position and talk about who's going to win the job and whatnot. Instead there are some trends and some things happening on the Penn state roster. And we're just going to go back and forth. And we're going to talk about whether or not it's something that sticks or something that fades. Cause there's a lot of interesting, positional changes and just kind of status updates for some of the different guys on this Penn state roster. Um, And we're just going to go through a few of the ones that we find the most interesting and talk about whether or not they will be things that are still happening or still in effect uh, come season's end. That sound good to you, Matt?
1: Sounds like a plan.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to kick it off then. This is a question that has been bouncing around in my head, man, since, since last year, really, because, there is a player on the Penn State roster that Pro Football Focus has just been in love with since know, so probably like week two of last year. And for those of you that don't know, Pro Football Focus is a very advanced analytics geared site. They don't do a lot of uh, really anecdotal, really any anecdotal observations whatsoever. It is, Which is pretty crazy much that
1: Chris Collinsworth is their spokesperson.
0: Yeah, yeah. For it what is. They do. It is basically 100% statistically based. Um, and they have a lot of their own stats and things like that they have looked at. But they absolutely adore Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker. And if you ask Penn State fan, if you ask the average Penn State fan to name, I don't know, let's say the top three returning defensive players on the team, I don't think it's out of the question that Jaquan Brisker would not be one of those names. At least he wouldn't be for me. But he has garnered so much attention from Pro Football Focus and from other, you know, stati- analytically and statistically focused sites at large that he has been listed as a, what was he, a pro, was it Pro Football Focus that named him a it second was, team? It was
1: first team, first team All American. CFF named him first team All American.
0: Yeah. So, all
1: there was a tweet they had where he was like the hardest hitting safety in college football. And, like, don't get me wrong, it, it probably hurts to get tackled by a five foot 200-pound man, but also, like, he's, he's a coverage guy. Like, he's the guy they brought in at safety in 2019 when they went nickel. Like, he's not, he's not the Marcus Allen type of safety, which is fine. It just feels like – it felt like PFF was like, we need a reason to back up this hype, and, and I just don't see it. Great player, yeah. but I, I don't see the heat-seeking missile comparison.
0: Yeah, it seems like there are two main reasons to be enamored by him are, one, this apparent decision that he is the hardest-hitting safety in college football, and two, they cite the stat where it said I think they had him only missing one tackle all of last year, which we can talk about why that may have been in a moment. But, Matt, my basic question for you is, Jaquan Brisker, will it stick? his status as an All-American or borderline All-American type player?
1: I'm going to say this will fade. I think he can be an all Big Ten caliber player. Uh, I think he could easily be, I think he will be um, Penn State's best secondary player, and I'm including Joey Porter Jr. in there, um, because I think it's very easy for safeties to look good compared to corners. But I I just, I don't see it. I, I totally understand where all the hype comes from. he's an athletic freak. He's always been on, I think for three straight years now, or at least two years, he's been on uh, Bruce Feldman's college football freaks list. Like he's a great athlete. He has really, really good ball skills, but I don't know if he is amongst the top, 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 top tier of safeties in college football, all big 10 easily. I, 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 I would probably put a fair amount of confidence on that, but for the whole nation, I, I just don't see it from what we've seen so far.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a fade. Like you said, I think he's a very good safety and I think he could definitely be one of the better safeties in the big 10. But the thing that I, I mean, my my main takeaway from Penn State safety play last year is that when they were around the play, they typically did a good job and typically made the play. But overall, I really don't think they did the best job of taking routes to the football and being in that right position. So, when a site like PFF says that Jaquan Brisker only missed one tackle last year, well, it's hard to miss tackles if you're not in position to make the tackle. So, I, like you said, I think he's a great player, but All-American seems a little too a little too much hype. And I, I, I feel like I just took it very negative. Like Matt said, Jaquan Brisker is a great football player. I hope he's he has gonna a be, wonderful he's gonna season. Be a
1: tough, he's going to be like a first or second round pick. I think so. <sighs> I'd be stunned to be with a third.
0: I, I I mean, he'll test really well, so I guess we'll find that's, out. That's, but that's why, yeah, that's
1: why he'll be a high pick.
0: But yeah, Jaquan Brisker is really, really interesting test case, and I think we're both saying that he's probably going to fade. All right, Matt, what's your what's your fade or stick
1: question? We'll stick me? with the uh, the kind of secondary realm here. Marquise Wilson at wide receiver, does it stick or does it fade?
0: If Penn State was a team that was lacking in receiver depth, I would probably say it's gonna stick but I I don't really see unless he is just like setting the world on fire in camp I don't really see how he sticks I mean well let me take that back I could see him sticking at receiver I'm not sure he makes an impact they have great depth on both at corner and wide receiver I think he even maybe played a little no he wouldn't have played safety but maybe a little star or something he did something
1: odd I think he did play a good amount of star
0: Yeah. So like he's an insane athlete and you could totally see why he could make a big impact at wide receiver, but they just have so much talent at that position that guys who have been playing receiver forever and were recruited to play wide receiver. We know Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington are going to be on the field. Most every play we're going to talk about uh, the third receiver receiver in a little bit here. Spoiler alert. I just don't really see how Wilson is the guy to make an impact there. Maybe, maybe he makes more of an impact as like a punt returner or something like wide receiver adjacent, although that's kind of cornerback adjacent too. But um, so I guess my answer is yes, that he sticks there, but I don't think he's going to make an impact.
1: I'm going with, I'm going with no, that this won't stick simply because no matter what happens, you're losing TCF next year. He's going off to whatever comes next. If Joey Porter Jr. has a good enough year, he could jump to the pros. Like this is a room that is very talented right now. But like I said on the last podcast, I think it's everybody with the exception of the true freshmen, Jeffrey Davis and Kalen King are draft eligible. And obviously not all of them are going to leave. But I think this could be a scenario where Wilson spends the year and it's kind of a, a free year because he has a red shirt year available yet. he won't take it. But from a broader perspective, if he wants more film a corner. He could stay for a hypothetical fifth year. But I think he's going to bounce around and play a little bit of both in practice, but in terms of where he makes an impact in games, I think he'll be a guy they bring in an obvious passing downs And I think he'll have a big impact in the return game. So I, I'm going to say, I guess, pseudo sticks. Um, I think they're going to keep trying it just to get a guy who has shown a tendency to get his hands on, on the football and make stuff happen just to get him on the field. But long-term, I, I don't think this is, this is where he ends up to close out his Penn state career.
0: I'm going to stick in the secondary for my next question to you. We've heard a lot about how Keaton Ellis has made the transition from cornerback to safety, or is making the transition, whatever the correct terminology is there. Do you think he stays at safety? Do you think he reverts back to corner or do we take the cop-out answer and say, he's just going to play at star?
1: Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say this sticks. I think Keaton Ellis is really talented, and, and yeah, frankly, it's been a while since we've had that, uh, that Adrian Amos, Jordan Lucas guy who drops from corner to safety, and I think Keaton Ellis is built more like a safety than he is like a corner, uh, and Penn State already has one of those guys on the roster playing corner. I think Joey Porter Jr. is built like a safety, but it's hard to have two dudes built like safeties getting meaningful reps at corner. Hope you followed me. That was a and, lot of words. And if that... you
0: do, you're the Seattle Seahawks with Brandon Browner
1: and Richard Sherman. Sure, uh, go Bears. Um, <laughs> but I, I can't imagine a scenario where he gets on the field. And he's a guy who's played so much football for Penn State. I know he was weirdly out for the beginning and, and a good chunk of last season, but his freshman year tape, I thought was really, really good. Uh, he's a guy who I think really bulked up uh, from everything we've heard through Dwight Galt this offseason so i don't know how long it's going to take i mean brisker has one spot locked down then you got jair brown jonathan sutherland so there, there's guys he's competing with but i think he can get in there you know at least a series or two um again that's the absolute floor while i learned the position um i think he could easily be a starter in 2022 but i think this is his more natural position and I'm excited to see what he does. If he has a good camp, he could easily come out of camp or go into week one as the starter at this position.
0: Yeah. I think Penn state had really hasn't had a true like dynamic surefire thing at safety since Marcus Allen. And he was, and he was really only a surefire dynamic college safety, not NFL safety. Um, so it, I'm, for that reason, more than anything else, this, we, Brisker is going to be a starter, but Penn state just really hasn't developed many top tier safeties recently, despite the draft positions of uh, draft position of Troy Apke and the fact that Nick Scott is somehow still staying, hanging around in the NFL. Um, Did you
1: see Troy Apke is repping a corner for Washington? Sure. Why not? I love, I love that. Good for. Find a team that loves you the way the WFT loves Troy Apke.
0: This ultimately ends with him eventually transitioning back to play wide receiver. Like he started as, as a recruit
1: that would be amazing that'd be very fun
0: um but yeah i agree with you i think the sticks i think ellis looks the part of a safety i think he he's a from what we've seen is pretty good tackler um and we know he has the ball skills so if if things can work out this would be a really really nice fit uh for penn state to be able to have him back there so i agree i'm gonna be optimistic and say he sticks there and i don't know if he starts i don't know if he starts any games this year at safety but i would bet he gets a good amount of run back there
1: yeah for sure I'm going to go over back over to the offensive side of the ball and go something a little bit different. Does this stick Noah Kane as Penn State's lead back?
0: I think the only way that this fades is with an injury. And it feels odd to say that because, I mean, I do think Penn State fans are somewhat getting ahead of themselves with Noah Kane a little bit because we really haven't seen that much of him. Like we saw, we saw a good amount when he was a freshman, but that was mostly the journey Brown show for most of the season. And he, yeah, he looked really great in that one game clinching drive against Iowa. And like he had flashes here and there, but then he missed all the last season and we assume that he's fully healthy right now, but I, I do think there's a little bit of... Remit. And he looks
1: it. Those workout videos look insane. Yes, yeah, yeah looks, those look crazy. He looks fantastic. I,
0: I have little doubt that if he is fully healthy, he is he is the starter. I think he looks the part. I think he has the skill. I think he... Everything points to him being the next star Penn State running back. I am a little nervous about the injuries at this point because he's had a couple of them, and the room is just so deep. And, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's weird that returning now true sophomore Kevon Lee, who was awesome last year for most of the year led the team in rushing. It's weird to have a guy in that position coming into the season and being pretty sure that he's not going to be the starter. Um, cause you have guys like him, you have, uh, John Lovett, you have Noah Can obviously. So you it's, it's weird that you don't have that returning young star as your starter, but I do think this sticks. I think Noah Kane is laid back all year. I think he has a huge year and I think he ends up being like a late first, early second round pick.
1: So I think this depends on how you define lead back. If lead back is the guy who starts. Yes. If lead back is the guy who gets the most carries I'm going with. No, Noah Kane's been beat up. Like teams do not like backs with tread on their tires and, Noah Kane has been hurt more often than he's been available at this point in his Penn State career, and, and that's not great. And I think the priority for Franklin, for Yersich, for, for Sider, has to be to keep Noah Kane as healthy as possible. And I think realistically, to keep him operating at, at his peak week in and week out, that's like 11 or 12 carries a game. I think Kayvon Lee can surpass him. I think John Lovett can surpass him. I think he will probably be Penn State's most important running back in terms of he's going to be their closer. He's going to be the guy to punch it in on the goal line. But will he be the guy who gets the ball in his hands the most? I, I would just go with no, because I, some Noah Kane is better than no Noah Kane. And right now, I think the best way to ensure you get some Noah Kane would be to, to really limit his carries. Like, that's just, I think, the route they have to take had the best chance to win
0: okay so matt asked me a question and then decided the definition of his question after i answered let's just keep that in mind as we move forward here a little cheap shot move there but that's okay Let,
1: listen you have the doc what do you want to change do you want i
0: i don't disagree with anything i said myself i i think your point is valid i think i i don't know if he'll necessarily be like an 11 or 12 carries a game guy i think there might be some weeks where we get heavy Noah Kane and then the week after they ease off let's, so I think they might it might okay, be more yeah. common to see something like that. But yeah, I, I agree with your general sentiment. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the hot take here. Sticker fade, Sean Clifford QB1. I
1: mean that's the stick or else everything's gonna go downhill. Um No disrespect to Taequann Roberson or Christian Bayou, we don't know what they are. We have, I don't think we've seen Roberson throw, what is it, one pass or no passes? I'm not sure offhand. It's less than five, which isn't great.
0: I do not Um, believe he has thrown a pass in a game.
1: I wasn't sure if he tossed one at Illinois, or against against Illinois late last year. I'm pretty sure sure they were all handoffs, yeah. Okay, that's beyond the point. But it's just... I, I just can't see a scenario where they turn to a guy who is not your three year starter. Like it, it's crazy when Sean Clifford's career is, is over, he's going to have started as many seasons as Christian Hackenberg and Tracy McSorley. Like it, it's just absolutely insane. It's funny because he's kind of like the middle ground between them. Um, but, but there's just, there's just no way. I, I think Penn State has to go with Clifford because I think he gives them the highest floor. And does it give him the highest ceiling? I don't know. Again, we don't know what Roberson looks like, and we have no idea what Veiu value looks like. Um, so I, I cannot imagine a scenario where he is not, he is not QB one, unless they get really fun and do what the Broncos did last year and just throw a wide receiver. Well, not that the reason the Broncos did, it was fun, um, but just throw our receiver back there and just say, Hey, we're going to do the high school football thing and give our best athlete the ball every play.
0: Yeah, it's, barring injury there is no reasonable way that penn state cannot play sean clifford like you don't have will levis you don't have somebody who you know can at least do one thing really really well with with will levis it, in this case it was take the ball and fall forward for four yards um but yeah there's no reasonable way that sean clifford is not the starter all year long um but I don't know, maybe we hear some really great things about Taequann Roberson and Kevin We come back and revisit this hot take in a few weeks. Who knows?
1: Wouldn't that be like a great troll job by your if um, they do, what was it, 2013 when, oh, what was Ferguson's first name? Tyler. Was Tyler. Fer- okay, I was- Jesse Tower Ferguson, I think he's the guy on Modern Family. I think that's <laughs> what got me tripped up. That's right, yeah. Um, if they do the the hack comes out for one series and Ferguson comes out for the other with Clifford and Roberson, I think everybody would lose their mind.
0: That'd be really funny. No, that's not what they did with Ferguson. That's what they did with McGloin and Bolden. With Ferguson, he started the first game against Syracuse in 2013.
1: That was it. And then they went to
0: Hack. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, he played the whole first half. And then the second half, Hackenberg came in and almost immediately threw that long bomb touchdown pass to, I assume it was Alon Robinson. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He was suspended the first half of that game, I remember. Or at least didn't play the first half. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that was the last we saw of Tyler Ferguson.
1: We're going to do a pod one day where it's just, let's just remember some dudes and we're just going to name people.
0: Oh, there's a bunch. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do that next time.
1: We'll, All just, right, we'll just completely
0: not- ignore whatever's going on with fall camp and just remember some dudes instead.
1: That's that's a very March idea. Yeah. We should do that next March. <laughs> All right.
0: Hit me with your question.
1: Uh, let me see in our doc here. Okay. Let's, let's stick on that side of the ball. Keandre Lambert Smith as wide receiver three? This is assuming Jahan's one and Parker Washington's two. Does KOS at wide receiver three stick?
0: I'm thinking that this is a stick. I I think they're going to really spread those snaps out early on. I think we see a good amount of Cam Sullivan Brown and maybe some Norval Black and probably a little bit of Daniel Jones as well, or Daniel Jones, (laughs) Daniel George as well. But I think ultimately this is Keandre Lambert Smith's job. Um, they played him a pretty good amount last year for a true freshman, and
1: uh, yeah, yeah, we also, well late. yeah, we
0: also Yeah, we also saw that with, Park with Parker Washington. Yeah, we saw both those guys play a lot, and it it was kind of weird because you didn't feel like Penn State needed to do that. Like they didn't need to put Lambert Smith on the field. They had other guys they could have played there, but they made a pretty conscious choice to feed him a good amount of snaps and to me that's a pretty good sign that they think they really have something with him um which we knew as when he was a recruit too like he was a highly touted kid he had some really glowing reviews he wasn't like the highest four star but he had some reviews that were saying like this kid could really could really bust out when he gets to college i think he sticks i think he i think uh, he will greatly benefit from the fact that given that Dotson and Washington can both pretty seamlessly switch in and out from the outside to the slot. It's going to create a lot of bad, a lot of nice matchups for uh, Lambert Smith to be able to kind of take advantage of because they're going to have defenders following Washington and Dotson all over the field. You just have to, those guys are electric, especially with the ball in their hands and you can't, you can't give them space. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Lambert Smith to make some big plays. And I think he does it. I think he sticks.
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement here. His biggest competition is uh, Daniel George, uh, owner of the longest reception or touchdown reception in Penn State history. Put some respect on his name. Um, Cam Sullivan Brown, who just can't stay healthy. It looked like he was working his way into a pretty big role last year before he got dinged up. Uh, So curious to see what he gives them. And then uh, I'm a card-carrying member of the Jaden Dotton Hive. Um, I don't think he really makes an impact yet this year. Uh, But, yeah, I I can't see a scenario where any of those guys or any other guys on the roster – out snap him and and out receive him for lack of a better term yeah he's a guy I I think think Jaden
0: Dotton is still only like 160 pounds
1: And listen KJ made a lot of money doing that um and I I think that would be fun if we had another KJ Jaden Dotton does not play at all like KJ Hamler uh for the record um but yeah it's KOS's job he's gonna be I think a really fun option I think he on more plays than not is probably going to be option four just with Brenton strange and Theo Johnson being around, but he'll be on the field, the third, most of all the wide receivers. And I think he's a guy who could probably reel in 25, 30 catches. And if you get that out of your third guy uh, for what we've seen lately from Penn state, that's a phenomenal season.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm going to flip back over to the defensive side of the ball. We only have a couple ones left here, but I'm going to flip back over to the defense and I'm going to ask you stick or fade. Or wait, did you is it my turn? Yeah, yeah. I'm asking you now. I'm gonna ask you, Jesse Luchetta, defensive end, does he stick there or is that gonna
1: fade and he's gonna fall back into the linebacker rotation? I I don't think he, I don't think this they they can afford for this not to stick. I think Brandon Smith and Curtis Jacobs have the outside lockdown. And for whatever reason, Brent Pry is insistent on Jesse Luchetta not really playing middle linebacker where he's probably best suited. And, and I like Ellis Brooks a lot. And I think Ellis Brooks is a better middle linebacker than Jesse Lucchetta is. So if you want to get him on the field, the best spot is probably at defensive end. I mean, Luketta is probably the defense's most experienced player uh, outside of Tariq Castro fields and maybe PJ Mustafer, But I think with Lucchetta's special teams work early on in his career, he's probably the most experienced guy on the field for that defense more often than not. So you know, you can say what you want, young talent or experience. It still matters. Like, players get better and more comfortable the more they're on the field. And, and Lucetta seems like a really fiery guy and a guy that that whole unit could really lean on. Um, I think he's athletic enough. I think he's strong enough. There, there's going to be some issues, and, and I'm curious to see who they put behind him in that scenario, if it's going to be Brandon Smith wrapping behind him, which I think it should be. But there, there's absolutely no reason that he cannot make a pretty good impact there. Uh, And he's a guy I could see them just getting their feet wet early on and then having that role continue to expand as the year goes on.
0: Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think the the outside linebacker spots need to be Brandon Smith and Curtis Jacobs. You can't take those dudes off the field. And we've seen a lot of kind of sheltering of Brandon Smith over the last few years. They've really tried to keep him from being exposed in pass down situations, but we're at the point now where he's he looked, he's, he
1: looked good last year. I thought the yeah. coverage. I thought I, he looked I, I think really good
0: in coverage. I think he's made a lot of progress. I think he's yeah, ready I think, to. I think he's ready to be out there full time. Um, and we are right. We saw from the jump. Curtis Jacobs looked very comfortable in all aspects of that role. So I think those he's two. Gonna, are,
1: he's going to be a dude. He's going to be great.
0: Yeah, he's going to be a stud. I think those two are the obvious. Obviously, obviously going to be starting an outside linebacker, playing almost all those snaps. Uh Like you said, it's you know, we have, when he was a recruit, we always kind of assumed that Jesse Lucchetta would eventually settle in at middle linebacker. And this just never really happened. And I agree with you. Like I, I think Ellis Brooks is a perfectly fine player. I think he leaves a bit to be desired as far as being a playmaker goes, although he is inexplicably involved in a lot of big plays. Um, but it's, it's almost more of happenstance than him necessarily doing something out of the ordinary. But at this point, I'm kind of inclined to just go with what the coaching staff is saying and believe that Lucetta just must not be the best fit for that spot. Because I think it would have happened by now. And the fact that he's trying and they're moving him to defensive end, I, I feel like even more illustrates that point. So, I mean, if he doesn't stick at defensive end, I'm sure he'd still get some reps at linebacker here and there. But the only reason that I'm hesitant to say this sticks is... I don't really know what kind of defensive end Jesse Lucheta would be. I don't necessarily think he is a better option as a pass rusher than the guys they have already on the death chart there. I could see him kind of being more of the jumbo type end and just being more of a kind of blocker eater and run stopper. And maybe the kind of guy who, Kind of takes a little bit of tension away from the guard and allows PJ Mustipher or Akeem Beam to cause a little more chaos from the interior. But it it's a weird fit to me because it's not like we've seen Jesse Lucetta play linebacker all these years and thought, boy, that guy would be a stud defensive end. Like that is never that thought has never crossed my mind. So I'm it's it's weird. I and I'm hesitant to say it sticks because that's a weird fit. I think in the end, this ends up fading and he ends up falling into a a backup, just a a backup linebacker at all three spots.
1: I think it'd be really fun because he's obviously not going to have a ton of time to like develop pass rush moves if they just go with the uh, Fred Hansard and Derek Tangelo, like space eater duo at at tackle. And then they just say, just just run forward and just try to get to the quarterback. um, Because I think that would be very funny. I think... (laughs) tangelo and hansard are going to have a lot of double teams and Lucetta just trying to run free would be very funny
0: well all right well here you go what 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 about you do tangelo and hansard and you put Lucetta on the edge and you just tell all three of them just eat up everyone in front of you and then you just let brandon smith fly off the
1: corner around them uh that probably wins you eight games (laughs) um that probably wins you eight games
0: (laughs) I'm, yeah, I'm a little now, – now that I said that, I'm a little more interested in this idea than I was before. All right. Yeah, I think I think, we got, if you think
1: about all the pairings, it could get fun. Yeah.
0: I think we got one more. Hit me with it.
1: Yes, last one. Uh, so Mike Miranda is getting a ton of preseason hype, which I am excited about because it's always good when your offensive line has hype behind it. He'll be shipping into center. So Mike Miranda at center, does that stick or does that fade? So – I feel like I'm
0: low man on the totem pole about Mike Miranda. I don't really, I can't really think of any moments over the last couple of years where I've seen him play and been like that dude, that dude's got it. He's a stud. Like there's nothing he's done wrong as an offensive lineman, but I don't really think he's ever stood out to me as either a pass blocker or a run blocker. It's, and I don't, like, like I, I, he has a great reputation as being this mean, nasty dude on the interior. That's great. I just don't really feel like I have seen that in his play. And I think he'd be perfectly fine if he does stick at center the whole this whole season. But I also think that Juice Scruggs is maybe the most talented dude in the offensive line room whose name is not Rashid Walker. And I think he might even he might even be close to Rashid Walker, just pure talent wise. Like he is a really, wow, really, that's a big statement. He is a really, really talented lineman. And I think everyone in the country would know that by now, if he hadn't been involved in that car crash, which is terrible, but he's made his way back now. And I don't know, like, I, I think, I think Scruggs is going to be a stud wherever he ends up on the line. It looks like right guard, I believe is the spot where he's lined up to be right now. But I think if Miranda has any sort of struggles I think Scruggs could be a star there I think the original plan when he was a recruit was to end up at say, at center I believe he was actually recruited specifically as well he was designated as a center on 247 I don't know if that's what Penn State was thinking of him as necessarily but I'm I'm gonna go hot take here I'm gonna say that at some point in this season Miranda and Scruggs
1: swap roles wow okay intriguing intriguing I'm gonna say this sticks uh, because Miranda is the most experienced guy in this unit. And you really want that guy being the leader of your offensive line. And more often than not, that's your center. Uh, I, I Like you, I think Scruggs is a phenomenal player, but I think he's more fit to play guard. Like he got a few reps at tackle last year. Like he, he is that kind of player. So I, I could absolutely see a scenario where, where they kind of adjust everybody around him but I think Miranda is pretty anchored to that center role and, and I'm excited to see what he does I think playing next to Scruggs and whether it's the other guard spot goes to Eric Wilson or Des Holmes or somebody else uh, I think he can really help bully guys on the interior and I think Caden Wallace and Rasheed Walker are about as good as a tackle combo as as I've seen at least in, in my Penn State fandom so I think this could really be the unit that gets Phil Trout wide, more national recognition. And I think it all starts with Miranda at the center.
0: Can I offer an even hotter take? Get me with it. Okay. By the end of the year, the offensive line from left to right, will go Rashid Walker at left tackle. Good start. Mm, I'm,
1: now, now I'm second. All right. All right. All
0: right. My- Wa- huh?
1: Do, do, I have mine ready to go. If you want to think about, all right, here
0: you go. You go for it, Nol. We'll see how how close they are. Rashid
1: Walker at left tackle, juice Scruggs at left guard, Mike Miranda at center. I'm gonna go Eric Wilson at right guard and Caden Wallace at right tackle.
0: Okay, so my question is, what happens if? I mean, I think Eric Wilson kind of seems like he's gonna be pretty solid and penciled in one of those guard spots. I could see a scenario where Mike Miranda is the least successful, for lack of a better word, player along the starting offensive line. And Landon Tengwell, Tengwall, excuse me, impresses so much in practice that by the end of the year we're going Rasheed Walker, Landon Tengwall, Juice Scruggs, Eric Wilson,
1: Caden Wallace. Wow. Wow, you're forgetting Des Holmes in there too, no less. Who I think is going to be Holmes, a guy who yeah. pro- probably split splits reps pretty good with Eric Wilson, and, and probably gets some good tackle reps uh, in spell of Walker. I'll that's say the only, the only
0: reason ask. the only reason I think that Des Holmes maybe wouldn't is because he is so valuable as the backup for literally every spot aside from center.
1: So that's a really good point. Yeah, it depends on he's going to play a ton. I like Des Holmes a lot. They the, the staff trusted him from a really young age. He's really yeah. that first. Project offensive lineman that really hit for Franklin and Co. He's been great for a three-star kid.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's been really impressive. but Yeah, there's that's my hot take. By the end of like the year, it, huh? Mike Miranda so, on the bench.
1: How far in does Tangwall um, secure his redshirt at this point? Or are we thinking that Jahan Dotson? There's six games to go. We need help. That's my thing. I don't think they'll need help for Tangwall mm-hmm. to come in, and I think the redshirt is going to be really important. Not that I think he's going to stay for five years, but.
0: No, and that's the thing, too. I don't I don't think this is going to be – if this happens, I don't think it's a function of Miranda struggling. I think it's a function of Tengwall uh, forcing the issue. I'm going to say if it happens, it happens – if it happens, it happens for
1: the Ohio State game. Wow, the Marcus Allen uh, safety route even though yep. Marcus Allen took over for that game yep. under different circumstances. But still. Wow. OK. All right. I'm intrigued. I haven't thought about that. That's going to be interesting to, to read up on throughout this camp, how Tangwall is doing. The only, yeah, the only thing I would have is he's the only offensive lineman in this class. So also, how do you want to preserve numbers for the future? How much do you value that of eligibility? There's a whole bunch of stuff you can go into. But I, I like this. I, I could see this happening. I'm curious to see what happens here.
0: That is a fair point. I think that is a valid point, too, about eligibility. I don't think it's a huge concern, given that I think pretty much everybody you're assuming is... I think you kind of go on with the assumption at this point that everyone's a three-year guy at this point, and then you either... They do something to prove that they're not. They do have three guys coming year out. Yeah, they have Shelton, Nelson, and McNeil year after. Yeah, that's a valid point. I hadn't thought about that as much. Man, yeah, the... The scholarship, the, the setup for the scholarship to the offensive lineman is a little strange. There's so many redshirt freshmen. Achumba, yeah, they're, Price, they're Dawkins, five, Fashanu. five and of them. Yeah, that's that's a lot.
1: And I, no clear lead dog in that pack.
0: Yeah, I, man, I, there might only be two of those guys left after this season with the transfer window, honestly. If you got
1: Spencer, you got Spencer Rowan coming in too, from Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. Yeah, That'll
0: be interesting. Let's see any other, any other questions you thought of as we were doing this, do you want to
1: pose before we get out of here? That's actually all I had. Um, Yeah. I can't think of anything else that that's really been a big part. I'm curious to see what, what new things come out of camp as as things get started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. It's, this it's going to be the most normal this fall camp will be the most normal Penn State football related thing we've had in quite some time. And hopefully, hopefully things don't get don't continue further down the wrong road and COVID doesn't come back into play again. I trust Franklin to have the team all I, I trust Franklin to have the Penn State team fully um, protected or and hopefully vaccinated everywhere they can be. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that doesn't come into play. But yeah, I'm really excited just for normal football to be back.
1: Are you getting to Happy Valley for any games?
0: I don't think so this year. We we're we'll see. We'll see. We've we've been we've been at least one game a year ever since we moved, even when we moved out here. I mean, granted, it was only one year we could go to games since we moved out here to Seattle. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. We went on a couple trips in the last month or so. So it might be just a little too much to swing another trip. We'll see. I
1: think I'm, i think I might be Illinois bound for the Illinois I, game. That'd be
0: fun. I I believe if we go to a game, I believe Illinois is the one that we would go to. I would love to go to the Auburn game, but I don't think that's going to happen. oh
1: the Auburn game would be phenomenal. Oh I'll I, watch it at a bar. It'll be just as fun. That's yeah, it that, be, but still it'll we'll be talk
0: fun. we'll talk about when we get close to the season, but that stadium is going to be so loud Bo, Bo, Nix oh my might, God. Bo Nix might cry on national television
1: the I felt the press box shake in my time there like a handful of times um the whiteout 2017 um Saquon's return against Indiana weirdly enough like in, in homecoming that one was fun that was um, a great th- turn.
0: that was a great I think I, w-
1: I think I would actually be like afraid if I was in that press box for the Auburn game <laughs> <So> I'm <laughs> terrified <laughs>
0: Yeah, the Penn State press box is not the safest place. You don't feel the safest when you're in there to begin with. <laughs> it starts shaking.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, man. That is all I have, Mr. Pollock.
0: Yeah, that's all I got, too. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be back podcasting. We're going to do a lot of this over the next coming coming weeks and obviously throughout the season. Yeah, cool.
1: Any final thoughts? Uh, We're shaking off the rust, uh, as you can tell by how smoothly this closeout is going. Um, But we'll get right. We'll get back into our rhythm here pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Here is my transition to the end of this podcast. As always, thanks for listening (laughs) to Roar Lions Radio. Uh, We've had a great time talking to you. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you did enjoy listening, please go ahead and leave us a review on whatever website you're using to listen to this podcast we're on itunes we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're on google play you know you know the deal every podcast is available everywhere now i don't feel like it's even
1: necessary for us to say that
0: it's just an even if you didn't
1: enjoy the podcast please leave a review but make it nice
0: yeah, if, if you hated the podcast, give us five stars and then tell us how much you hated it. It'll be way funnier that way. <laughs> and if it is funny, we'll read it on the podcast because that's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, you can find us anywhere. If you want to support the website, go ahead and visit rurallensroer.com and check out the store. We still have some great t-shirts. Hopefully we'll get some new stuff in at some point over the next year or so. And maybe for the new season, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but for myself, Nick Pollock, for my co-host, Matt Filippitz, thanks for listening. Go State.